Welcome back to Forces of Good, the superpower of everyday negotiation. I'm Lucia Cantor St. Amour with co-host Nina Greeley. Negotiation is everywhere, every day. This is the Negotiation Laboratory, where we share insights into basic skills, strategy, history, storytelling, behavioral sciences, and social trends. It's all connected. We are all connected. And everyone can learn the everyday negotiation superpower to be used only for the forces of good. I'd like to introduce you all to an old friend. In 1996, my second semester of law school, I was apartment hunting in San Francisco. I found the most incredible place in the Knob Hill neighborhood, 1,400 square feet with two bedrooms, two bathrooms, formal dining room, two pantries, large kitchen, sliver of a view of the Golden Gate Bridge, tons of character, and a short walk to law school. It was much larger than I needed, but the owner slash landlord also seemed to not care about maximizing market value in favor of just the right tenant, whom she considered to be me, (laughs) a nice, responsible girl from the Midwest. It was a steal, and I couldn't let it get away. I'll get a roommate, I decided, and signed the lease. I actually posted paper flyers at the gym with tear-off strips at the bottom with my phone number. And that's how I met Lisa Chorus. She had just relocated from the East Coast for a job transfer in advertising. She had interviewed with 40 prospective roommates looking for the right fit. None of them was a match. I was, and she was the first person I interviewed. Lucky me. We lived together in that gorgeous apartment for five years when I got engaged and moved out. Lisa, also a photographer, artist, and designer, has maintained a career in advertising all these years and also adopted a son from Ethiopia. And guess what? She and her son still live in that same apartment today. Can you say rent control? About three years ago, during her son's tween years, Lisa started to feel they needed more space, especially with the more frequent visits from her mom after her father had passed away. Her son now enjoyed entertaining guests and composing his own music, and Lisa often worked from home. She consulted her financial advisor and a real estate broker friend as to whether she might be in a position to buy a modest home in the city. Mainly, she needed a third bedroom. So the hunt was on. Now, I'll pause for a moment because I know I have listeners from all over the world and in areas where real estate prices are, well, sane. But we're talking about San Francisco. It's like stepping through the looking glass to an alternate reality. It's incredibly challenging to buy a place in San Francisco and to raise a child in the city. But people do it. My own two boys have been incredibly fortunate to be born, raised, and publicly educated in San Francisco. But if you're listening from Georgia, Missouri, or Aarhus, Denmark, be prepared for a bit of sticker shock. Before I pass this off to Lisa to tell her tale, I want to share why I'm featuring her on the show. 
When I visited her recently in our old apartment, she shared with me an everyday negotiation story that I considered as much of a showstopper and epitome of what I'm trying to impart with this podcast as episode 11 and my conversation with Lily Din called Negotiation is Danceable. You're about to hear an example of a negotiation that incorporates so many of the elements we have discussed in prior episodes, planning, information gathering, building rapport, brainstorming, developing BATNA, that is alternatives, storytelling, asking questions, patience, shifts in leverage, and superstar agility. Now, Lisa, as a preliminary question, do you consider yourself a savvy negotiator? I don't think I'd use that as my top descriptor. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm resourceful. I don't know if I would call myself a savvy negotiator. I, I You are resourceful. I know that from personal experience. You're also curious and creative. And I think that a lot of people don't think of those as negotiation skills. And that's why I have this podcast, because I'm here to say they are. They are part of what goes into really striking and stunning negotiations. So, okay, well, the story you're about to demonstrate and share shows that you are, in fact, a very competent, creative, practical negotiator. I'm going to hand the mic off to you to tell us more. Sure. Thanks, and Great to chat with you, Lucia. So like you said, three years ago, off I went on the hunt in beautiful San Francisco. I was ready to go from two bed, two bath to a mere three bed, two bath home. And I went along with my real estate agent and proceeded to look at what may be hundreds of places, but many, many places around San Francisco, only to quickly learn that that was becoming a cost prohibitive dream. And every time I saw something that I loved space-wise, it was easily <clears throat> 300 to 800,000 more <laughs> um, than what I, what, what the, what, what the, uh, what the price tag stated it to be. And it was just home buying in San Francisco was, was out of my reach. That said, I am a bit of a dreamer and a positive person. And I just assumed either this has got to get easier or I will find the place that is the just right place for us where I'll, you know, where, where I, I could just raise my teenage son uh, with one more bedroom, which would just kind of be a game changer in my world. Mm -hmm. So I patiently looked and looked. And like you said, I gathered a lot of information about um, homes and neighborhoods and got to know what our needs uh, were with every passing tour my son and I took, you get to know it's, it's house dating. <laughs> you really get to know yourself and what you're looking for better and better as you look deeper and deeper. In my case, sadly, it just was not working out. So then I pivoted to 
the next best idea because I absolutely need more space. And that was to leave this beautiful apartment that I shared with you, Lucia, for 27 years and abandon my rent control. And just instead of putting every cent I earned into a home, I would just rent for four years until my son went to college. And you mean rent a different place? Rent and a, rent a new place. place to enable us to have that third bedroom. But like you said, for people who don't live in the Bay Area, this is a wacky market, whether it's for rentals or for home ownership. And to give you perspective, like you said, we have a, a rent control home, which means it is very affordable, yet I'm missing this one bedroom. So if I pivot to a third bedroom in a neighborhood in San Francisco that is safe, which was a must-have, I would easily triple my rent. And I I looked and looked, and again, wishfully thinking I would beat the system, <laughs> I, <laughs> I looked around and thought, I can't be that much more. But my it was it is three times more expensive to leave a rent control apartment in my case um in order to get that third bedroom i would be completely right. so we're, we're talking about an extra what like 200 square feet that's exactly and tripling i'm okay. tripling my rent to get to finally be able to walk into a home and say i now have three bedrooms because i needed those i needed that extra room for my mom or my son to play in because we had outgrown this space so I looked and looked and looked, and no matter where I looked, as long as it was a safe neighborhood, it bottom line is it was tripl- tripling my rent. And I, I just, I couldn't do the math. The math was not working. I couldn't, I couldn't stomach tripling my rent over one more little bedroom. And so, giving up the place that you have, it's just tragic. The idea of it to me is like, tragic. That was, that was also what I was struggling with tremendously because not only was I looking at places where I would gain the bedroom, I'd triple my rent, but I'd lose all the beauty of the home I'm already in because a lot of these places would triple the rent are soulless looking establishments. They were not beautiful. They weren't lookers. I was giving up a lot. That's the other thing that people need to understand is when you, when you were looking to buy a place or even the, now that you're looking for three bedroom apartments is these are places that are just, they are not beautiful (laughs) and they do not have a fraction of the the charm that your apartment has. Right. I, yeah, I agree. And, and so what I was feeling when I looked at a place that wasn't able to buy it, $1.6 $1.6 million or a, a rent that was 6000 if I was able to do it, <clears throat> my feeling was that when I moved in and I'd invite friends over, if people walked in, their reaction very appropriately might be, oh, okay, you moved or so you live here. It just there's nothing <laughs> special about these places that are right. tremendously more expensive. Right. They're not special. They were simply affording me 200 square feet more. Of right. Space. They had four walls. They had the ceiling. And what you have now, what you've had for 27 years, has it's is beautiful. so much more than that. It is a place people walk in and say, "What? Wow, this is yeah. beautiful." Even though it's not grand, and 
and huge. It's a very pretty place. Thank you very much, Lucia, for finding that. Um, so I, I looked and looked at all the rentals. Again, soaking in the cost, the location, the soullessness, <laughs> the everything. And yet I still needed that space. And the last rental I looked at, maybe I, I saw 20, the agent was very sweet. And she said, just, just what do you think? Are you interested? And I said, I, I got to be honest with you. It just, it, it's, I'm tripling my rent and I'm, uh, you know, I'm for 200 square feet more of a room. And she was in the position, in the, in the job, her job was to sell that place to me. And she looked at me and she said, Lisa, and she, now mind you, I had known her for about 17 or 18 minutes. She's like, can I tell you something as a friend? And I, had, she, I had described my place thoroughly to her. And uh, I said, yeah, please do. And she said, my job is to rent this place to you. And I am telling you, do not get rid of that beautiful place you have. You've got to figure it out. You're going to have <laughs> yeah. to figure out something else because as a leasing agent, I am not letting you rent this place. This is, you're sitting on a beautiful place. It's so, like a moral imperative that you would be violating somehow. Yeah, I, I would have let her down, my new friend of 18 minutes. So I think it took three years of home buying, home searching, home buying, searching, and 20 rentals. And this lovely lady who, uh, who, uh, you know, was very blunt with me. And I came home from that experience and a, a light bulb had gone over my head and it all became incredibly instantly clear after a mere three years of exploration. Ooh, we need to pause for just about 30 seconds to talk about our sponsor, the Empowered Cookie. High fiber, low sugar, paleo, vegan, small batch from scratch. It's the Empowered Cookie. I've been consuming and sharing them for years. I share them with my son's special education class where many students have special dietary restrictions. They are yummy and so satisfying that I can often only eat half for a snack. Empower your eating routine with the Empowered Cookie, empoweredcookie.com. Enter code SUPERPOWER2022 for a discount at checkout. The answer to the... I, I figured out the solution. So I, I got home and there is a building. I live on a block. I live in an apartment building. And on my block, my apartment building has six units. It's a small little um, situation. And next door, there has always been a massive building uh, with 90 units. And they're constantly of all sizes. And they're constantly advertising vacancies, especially during COVID. And it dawned on me while the three bedroom, three bath there is upwards of $9,000 a month, <laughs> which is why I did not consider that place. I, they also rent studios mm -hmm. and that place was 30 seconds away from my home. And that studio was exactly the size of the third bedroom that I wanted 
out of renting a new home or buying one. And I called them up and I asked if they ever have studios for rent. And they said that they would have one up for rent in two weeks. Would I like a tour? And I said, absolutely. And which involved basically standing in the middle of a room and turning your body around. <laughs> That's a tour. <laughs> it's a room. <laughs> but what it was, was an absolutely perfect solution to my three-year problem. It was a room that was 30 seconds away from my home that met every need that I wanted. It was the perfect size. It gave me an extra kitchen, an extra bathroom. It gave a person who needed that extra room complete privacy. By the, the way, best- it wasn't one of the places you looked at. <laughs> was it the bathroom in the kitchen or something? That That is a story for another moment. But okay. yes, it is. It's another and episode. Yeah. Details, Lucia, details. Uh, it, is, it is worth mentioning, um, you know, everything. Well, that's part of the negotiation, actually. I, I, it is worth mentioning. But I did, I did look at the room. I think the very best part of the concept of the room which I need because my son is in high school now for the next four years, and then we'll go off to college, is that this is a temporary solution. This is a modular solution to my temporary problem of needing a third bedroom. I don't need bedrooms. That's just it. You're thinking, I need this third bedroom. And three years later, you're going, well, wait a minute, how much longer do I actually need a third bedroom? So you're defining your needs and your itches as you go along and they're evolving. They're not staying the same as the beginning of the journey. Correct. And had I started the journey and succeeded in buying a three bed, two bath in four years, I'd have an awfully large place for one person. (laughs) In this case, for the time being, I get to keep the apartment that I love so much. And I now have extra space for the next four years for my son, my mom, or anybody who needs it. And then when my son is no longer living from home, I'm allowed to release that place. And I'm, I've am i released the rent and everything that goes along with it. And it's just a modular solution to my housing problem, which has made, I must say, my son and my mom so incredibly happy. He has, and me too, because I can use it as an office. My son can use it as a place where he has some privacy with friends and I don't hear his every word. And my mom can stay and she has her own unique place and in her own unique building. Well, but you're leaving out something important now that that title of this episode is The Trunk Room. Well, what's The Trunk Room? Yeah. So that's true. This is a very big part of this um, extraordinary find. So not only is the home, the apartment building 30 seconds away, but they just, a a developer just bought the building that has been around since the early 1900s. And this company completely redesigned the building from top to bottom. And what started as a frumpy building uh, for many years has now been transformed into a, a beautiful building in a very designy sense. And they've been uncovering rooms in this historic building that used to be a hotel. 
And one room that they un- uncovered was called the trunk room. It's where they left all the trunks f- for the guests. So again, the, the building used to be a hotel and it was, uh, it was transformed into an apartment building, I think, in the 40s. Well, and I remember but, when I was living there, it was kind of a frat house. I it mean, was, it was yeah. kind of the, a party residence of young, maybe young professionals. I'm not sure. Loud but there were parties and we'd look out our back window, you know, that window that gives the sliver view of the Golden Gate Bridge. And there'd be all kinds of detritus that had been thrown from the windows yeah. the night before. So it was certainly was not quite it, the stately place it is now. No, definitely was a fraternity house looking building thing. And now it is transformed into, it's kind of like if WeWork was a, or a, one of these, um, it looks like a, it looks like a, a stylish hip hotel um, slash building. And so, so in, in uncovering this trunk room where they stored all the old steamer trunks and in approaching the building now with the new eye for design the developers in the last uh, many, many months took this massive 2,000 square foot room and redesigned it with, it, basically it's a communal slash community room. Because of COVID, I think there's more of a sense of, uh, there just seems to be a more of a sense of community in, in the world or a need for it. And so they created a community room where there are two massive screens massive TVs, comfortable couches, two office spaces, and a pool table. It's a big, it's a a big, it's like a big high-end den. Right. It's like a big high-end rec room for, because when you do have a a teenager who likes to entertain friends, so he can go next door. He and his friends can have their time together. They have the, uh, the extra room there that's private. Then they have the trunk room where they can play pool or hang out or watch the game or so you got much more yeah, they than have your third bedroom a 2000 square foot high end rec room slash private studio with their own little mini fridge stocked with all their favorite drinks and by drinks i mean seltzer <laughs> <laughs> um and soda and uh, and laundry room the laundry room was beautiful with this the whole building library beautiful. i it's just gorgeous so i mean the the funniest thing of all is that i just having lived here for almost 30 years i now have i i am now you know a person who has two establishments on Hyde Street on my block. I can offer people up. Would you like to go to this building or this building? Would you like to see this home or this home? And that in itself is just kind of fun. My my son and his friends are having a blast and his pool game is quite improved. So I suspect we have some listeners out there thinking, well, she's still throwing away money on rent without any equity. And she's been doing that since 1996. But you thought about that, didn't you? Yeah. No, I definitely thought about that. It helps that I thought about that in conjunction with my dad, who was a financial planner. And we did the math together. Uh, and where I didn't invest the money in a home, I did absolutely invest it, period, in the market. So my money's been invested since the early 90s. And... 
I think every market's different. I think a home a home investment's an excellent investment when you can afford it. And I think investing in the market is a great thing to do when that's your best route. So my money's still invested. And yes, I am, uh, money is put into rent for sure. This to me is still, ends up being the most affordable. If I need more space, that's just a fact for my own, also really important for my own mental sanity right. <laughs> um, and the sanity of my son. So we we had three choices, make no changes and suffer silently. And it would have been, a, it will be, it would be very frustrating. Um, we could leave. We could we could abandon our entire life in the Bay Area and move somewhere tremendously more affordable. But that just doesn't seem to be a great mental investment for either of us. Right. We really love where we are and we love the friends and family we have here. And so the third solution was just having to spend some money. And home buying was too expensive renting a new whole new place seemed like it was genuinely throwing away an am- amazing amount of money plus that was there was a uh there's no returning to that you can't go back to this apartment once i abandon right. it it's gone once forever. you it's give great. it up there's no going back in a time machine on that right. so i'm i am i am so relieved and glad that you pivoted the way that you did and you found a solution that is really it's it's like a Pareto frontier. He was a, uh, Vilfredo Pareto was an Italian economist. And a Pareto frontier is a solution that is essentially optimizes the efficient use of resources in order to optimize outcomes. And that's what you did. And you did it with negotiation skills through planning and patience and information gathering and building rapport and staying agile and looking at your needs and problem identification and then realizing, oh, hold on, things have changed in the three years since I started this inquiry. And you figured something out that a lot of people wouldn't think of, which is why I want to broadcast this, and that it gives you the flexibility that you need, satisfies the requirements that you need, and yet it's also non-committal and leaves you in the home that you love. And I don't just mean the apartment, but the city that you love, that you know, that your son knows. Yeah. And you found a way to have it all and and on a budget. I mean, there's just, even if this was right, in, even if everything was right in front of me three years ago, next door, there is nothing that makes up time and exploration. But you can't make it like if that was always there as a solution, I still had to do this to get there. Right. Because you needed the, it, to go on the journey to get to that solution. Exactly. Because if someone I have said I'm gonna buy something and this is what I'm trying to accomplish and they're like, oh just rent a studio next door. I would have been like, no what? No, like I'm looking for that. <laughs> I, I don't want two different places. I don't right, like right. But then doing the whole exploration, I was like, are you kidding? Like, that's a no-brainer. But you have to go through the, you have to go through the journey to get to the solution. Lisa, I am so knocked out by this and by you because you are an everyday negotiation hero and certainly one of mine. Thank you. Thanks for listening or even partially listening while you multitask. You never know what might stick with you. Keep your ear out for this space because we sure do appreciate your company. You can find us on Substack, 
Apple Podcasts and at pactumfactum.com.